Sean from Frail, and you're watching Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome back to another new edition of Interview Under Fire. Hope you all are doing great and awesome out there. This is the one and only Sun here, your beloved host. Today, I have the honor of speaking with some intensely and talented and gifted individuals and Sean Bilovecki and Gwen Strang. Thank you both so much for joining our IEF series today. You know, we are steadily closing in here on a very important yet exciting time of the year for you guys and Frail, you know, with the drop of your latest ritualistic metal offering. I mean, Skin and Sorrow, I mean, set to drop September 23rd through Aqualam and Lay Bear recordings. First things first, you guys, how are you? <laughs> and two, I feel like the excitement of, you know, releasing an album again, I mean, after what we all went through these last two years has to be really like kicking in. I mean, have you had the chance kind of just take this all in? I mean, I'll give you this moment to do that, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's been kind of weird because we finished this album so long ago and um, we had problems with uh, pressing, you know, with, mm. uh, you know, there were problems with materials and, and, and timing. And I mean, we we handed this in a year and a half ago, so we're just ready to get it out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I also want to commend you on all the welders of recognition this has been getting so far. I mean, especially with those hauntingly, emotionally heavy singles. Uh, uh, what is it? Trickle and Revenge, Bright Eye, Skin and Sorrow. I mean, shout out to Notfest, Metal Hammer. Uh, what is it? Revolver, who have been praising your music a lot to. De yeah, Decibel's you know, been on. Decibel. Yeah. I mean, Decibel. I mean, that, that's a that's a big deal to me because I've been following Decibel for, I mean, since they first started. I mean, a lot to discover about this highly anticipated release and what you guys are all about you know before we get to all that i want to take a moment here uh sean and gwen because and you guys are from originally from cleveland and for fans and listeners who don't already know i i want to go back to 2017 okay maybe before that because that was a significant time for you guys and i know sean you from disengage and uh i know that also entailed the information of frail if if you could if possible briefly Talk about that moment in your lives that, you know, when you knew that this is what you wanted to be a part of frail. I feel like everything also has went by in a blink at the same time. Five years, you know, it's crazy how much time has went by. Loaded question. I might, be, I might so, just drink my coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I was in this uh, hard rock band disengaged. It was on Man's Ruin, which is like the original stoner rock label, you know, back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I left that probably over 10 years ago and really didn't do anything with music uh, since I stopped doing that. And then right around the time I stopped drinking, which was five years ago, uh, Gwen bought me Logic for Christmas, which is like recording software. And it got me totally into music again. Um, and then so I had all this extra nervous energy with, without drinking anymore. So I kind of forced Gwen into singing on some, some songs. Um, and then that's really how, I guess, Frail started. We, we gave ourselves a deadline of um, August or no, April, April 1st, yeah. 2018 to have an EP up on Bandcamp. That was just like a, that was gonna be the end of yeah. it. We just wanted to make something ourselves and put it up there and that was that. And then the next morning we sold one, like we sold an EP, we had a dollar and I was so excited about that. <laughs> um, and then three days later, we got an email from uh, Desiree who uh, owns Laybear Recordings, our yeah. now label yep. in Europe. And she was like, I'm really into what you're doing. I wanna put this out and I wanna get you on festivals in Europe. And we were like, what? 
<laughs> Read that email again. <laughs> Save that yeah. email, by the way, if you still have it. That's a big one. <laughs> we probably do. Um, and then we had to get a, you know, a, a live band together and start rehearsing shows, which, you know, from my disengaged contacts, I knew a bunch of club owners in Cleveland. So I was like, just, hey, hey, clubs, we need to warm up shows, put us on a Tuesday and we don't want any money. And they put us on a Saturday and we were headlining. <laughs> so her first show was like, man, really under the under the microscope. And she was she still thinks that was my fault a bit, but it wasn't. No. I wonder if it was there's like a sense of overwhelmingness and all this. I mean, you guys from where you started to playing that first festival, was it kind of nerve wracking? It's like, man, we're actually here. I don't know if you're like a sentimental person like me, guys, but it's like I, I, I relish in those things. I've been learning, of course, in the especially in the last two years, trying to make the best of every moment I can, you know, you yeah, know, that's calm down something. and be. Yeah, I don't know if you actually, during that shutdown, did you go back and watch like old videos of you guys performing? Old videos as in like 2017, 2018? I can't. I can't. It's too, it's too embarrassing for me. I can't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, she was a lot more nervous. Now she's confident. Like now she loves stage and, you know, performing and everything. But back then it was like, it was so new for her. I mean, you know, her, yeah. her fifth show ever was a festival in Nijmegen, Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... It's a lot yeah, of pressure to put on her. I wonder, Gwen, you know, when you guys first started that EP, did you have any experience with vocals and, and like singing before Sean said, all right, go? <laughs> no. So I I took a couple of vocal lessons. Um, realistically, the only thing I took away from that was learning how to breathe, yeah. um, which is very important. But um, the, my vocal style, I mean, you're not going to get taught that. In fact, you're probably going to get taught the opposite and told not to do what I do. Um but no, it was, it was really scary. Like, you know, I'm kind of a shy person. I'm definitely an introvert and, you know, someone pushing me to, you know, take center stage was fucking scary. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, really yeah. scary. Um, but like Sean said, I'm glad, I'm glad he did. You know, uh, I think I needed that nudge, but yeah, now I really enjoy it. And it's, it's um, really like connecting with the audience. Yeah, I know you can't really tell. I'm actually a very shy and introverted person too. But talking to you guys, I that's where I'm in my in my element. I'm sure you feel the same way when you're on stage. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. But you, I've we're, we're going to get to live live stuff because you guys are like when you guys perform live. I know I know 2017 is when you guys started and the existence of Frail. the The word does continue to spread about you guys, especially with the touring life and the live music experience for you both personally. I know you guys just recently finished up a tour alongside Cradle of Filth. Uh, yep. We we've had Danny on our show. Shout out to Danny oh. Feldman, and and yeah, yeah. then you and then you head back on the out on the road again in the fall in Europe. People are talking about you guys. You know, I, I wonder if you guys. I know I do. If you were to ask me this question two years ago, I, I want to ask you this now. Would you say you bo both of you have a newfound appreciation of the touring life now, considering what's happened? You know, because now you guys are back on the road. I, I wonder what post pandemic our audience is like. You know, it's it's things like that to to take a look at. I mean. Going back to shows, I can't begin to count how many shows I've been to since the shutdown started. So many, and I have a newfound appreciation of it now. So mm -hmm. I want to ask about that. For sure. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's the same um, because for me, it's just about that connection. And I can mm -hmm. connect, you know, whether it's two people or 2,000, you know, I, I find people that I just can connect with. Um, the difference that we found is, you know, we went out with Cradle and they're legends, right? They're a, a legendary band. They've been around forever. 
and so I think, you know, the, I, I think the market right now is kind of oversaturated with how many bands are out there. And so you really have to kind of pick and choose who you're going to go see because you can't see all of the bands that you want to. So, you know, I think that was the, the big difference that we noticed. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's, it, you have to be a lot more careful and everything seems like it's a lot more risky because, you know, you don't want to get sick when you're on the road. We had to cancel a show like we had right before Cradle. We had a small East Coast thing. We were opening two dates with can for Candlemas and we had to cancel the last one in Chicago, which we were super bummed on because, yeah. you know, Gwen, Gwen got, got sick. Yeah. yeah. And so that's it's scary. You know, you, you hear someone cough and you're like, oh, God, that could throw the tour away. Or, oh, you know what I mean? Like. That part of it sucks. I shouldn't be laughing, um, but it's it's it, it's funny with that. Like when you think about that, it's like you can't even do that. It's just it's crazy. People are like, oh gosh, all right. Yeah. Now, yeah. Especially like the first two months of the pandemic, it was oh, it was insane. Yeah. yeah. And um, we try to, you know, as soon as we're done, Gwen always goes over to the merch table because there's always people that want to talk to her and you know get a get a picture or an autograph or whatever. And and you know, as a new band, we want to do we want to work as hard as we can to encourage fans to interact with us and you know grow what frail has become so she goes to the merch table we tear down and then we go to the merch table so we're mm -hmm. not like hiding backstage even though it'd probably be a lot safer for us <laughs> to do that but i think that's what got going on that tour is you know because we, we you know she was out talking to people and then we get to detroit and then she's like i don't know if i feel good and that night she's got the shivers and we had a bail on the chicago show but luckily the the cradle show like or cradle tour like everything worked fine and mm -hmm. you know we, it, we didn't no, no problems on that one. Yeah, it had to be right. It's for Cradle of Filth, and and you, yeah. guys, you guys really made a lot of noise on that tour. Uh, uh, some of my friends who shot in, uh, I believe you guys were at, were you, you had a Diamond Ballroom in Oklahoma City. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the first so, show. Yeah. so I I shot there a couple of times. One of my favorite venues to shoot at. My brother lives out there in Oklahoma. A lot of my friends were at their show, and I couldn't get my eyes off you guys. Like the performance, the live setting. Cradle of Filth is going to do what they're going to do, but you guys. Talking about opening the opening act. I mean, that's, I mean, you guys couldn't have opened up that show any better. Like just that entire tour, the perfect companion to Cradle of Filth. We and were, yeah, we were a little hesitant at first because they're, you know, different level of, you know, yeah. beats per minute and they're faster than us. Don't be but... hesitant. You got, you guys absolutely destroyed it. And I'm, it's, it's a really kind of a proud moment for me because seeing where you guys started to where you are now, you know, Gwen, you actually took the words out of my mouth because I, I wanted to mention how live music is at a point of saturation because everybody's touring at the same time. You know, the fans don't get to go to all these shows. Maybe that's a good problem to have now because <laughs> everyone is out. And I know a big part of what makes frail frail is the live presence that you guys exhibit on stage i know you're a big fan of the theatrics both of you i mean i've seen the music videos uh, breathtaking music videos by the way and i'm a film buff like i mentioned i went to film school for about three years so i i have a knack for for noticing things like that as far as the cinematography you guys have these intense dream like esque themes and sequences on the performance setting the music videos and the live the live setting i'm i'm sucked into the world of frail pretty much at that point you know yeah, you. i wonder if it feels like that if you guys are taking on this different persona when you're in that performance mode does it help with the presentation of who frail is another way it's like portraying the music in a visual presentation right i think i think for me um you know live at least it's really important and i i do spend a lot of time thinking about what you know i i make a lot of the things that i wear on stage and so i think about what am i trying to portray and i also like i said i'm not one of those 
singers that like sings above every like looks above everybody's head and you know sings i'm trying to make that connection and for me it's a very spiritual thing um so the whole the whole thing for me is like about exchanging energies and like giving and taking and so there's a lot of slow deliberate movements but it's like you know pulling and and pushing and so it 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 you know for me it's it's not a different personality or like a character but it it's a different side of who i am it's probably that amplified so um it's for me it's it's just yeah it's like it's just a whole experience yeah we don't i, I think that becoming a character like you know Marshall Mathers becomes Eminem. I think that helps you get away with stuff or maybe, you know, amplify who you are a little bit easier because you're not hiding behind it, but you're using it as a tool. And I don't, I don't think we really do that. I think that what you're seeing is like us and especially Gwen, like she said, just amplified, like, cause she's pretty much the same person. Like when she asked me to do the dishes, it's that's actually pretty good. I got to give you that one. Um, I, I feel like it's also an extension of who you guys are as individuals too. You know, it's, you channel like a whole different energy that you, that you can't really access when you're elsewhere, you know, when you're on stage, you're in that, like you're owning the moment and you you're in that element. And it really, I feel like that also gives a sense of, you know, how do I say it? Um, courage as well. Like it, it builds you, it builds your character, you know, something that you can take with you every day. And having that extension of yourself on stage, I think that's it really, really shows the creative aspect that you guys are touching on. And it's and I've seen it, you know, I wonder, Sean, like when you're on stage, it's like, do you feel the same way? You know, Gwen is doing her amazing like theatrics and then you're and you're doing your thing. You know, it's like, do you have to get in that element, too? It's like, are you in that setting? It's so it's it's different for me. Like so Gwen, like she said, she kind of looks people in the eye and like talks to them. I've been playing live for I don't know, 20 years. And mm -hmm. I don't do that. Like I still have a hard time doing that. Like on the cradle tour, Jason, the bass player and I got into this thing where we're like crossing, switching over because we both are on wireless rigs. So we can, and anytime there's a monitor or something that I could jump on within reason, I'm jumping on it. It's, you know, I really like moving around like that, but I don't look at a lot of people because I, I almost don't have that confidence, even though I've been doing it for like 20 years. Like I'll look at someone and I'll be like, oh, God, they don't like me. And then, you know, so <laughs> I'm usually head down and putting my shoulders into what we're doing. And that that feels a lot more natural to me. And that's like my release that I get out of it isn't like, you know, some words I've written. It's more about this like therapy through movement, I guess. And anger comes out and like I, I feel a lot better after shows, you know, um, it's almost like move therapy, movement therapy or something. Yeah. So it's a little different for me because I don't. You know, I'm not one of those guys that goes out there and pumps the crowd up and, you know, look at me and yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how to do that. That doesn't come out of me naturally because um, Gwen will tell you that I'm an ext extrovert, but I really don't think that <laughs> I am. Um, so I I'm it's more about like a therapeutic release up against like a sounding board of, of people for me, I guess. So it's a little different, I think. And it's really yeah. cool because it, even if you're saying a therapeutic release, it's the same thing for the audience, too. And, and, you know, when they see you guys and, you know, and I, I want, let me get to that album because you're talking about the release, the second album, Skin and Sorrow, just uh, dropped September 23rd. I feel like we talk about everything except Skin and Sorrow, right? Let's get to that now. <laughs> okay. Aqualamb and, and Labor Recordings. It's been said, guys, that your music is is 
for the night sky I'm, I'm hearing that quote a lot from these fans and the songs can also be described as lullabies over chaos i absolutely love that uh description and i'm gonna repeat that here second album because before we get into the core of this mind-blowing record this is the follow-up to your groundbreaking 2020 album the debut album 1692 which i feel like it more than just introduced frail to the fans out there um but it also cemented you guys as to me as a breath of fresh air within the atmospheric doom metal and post-metal circuit in dominating form okay Keep that in mind. The reason why I mentioned why the other outlets are saying what they're saying and Revolver hailed you guys as, as as an artist that fans need to know. And Metal Hammer even said that Frail are the new face of doom. I mean, we're only at the second album, guys. I mean, how often do you pay attention or listen to things like that when it's being said? Like, I wonder if there's also a level of pressure in there for you guys personally. I wonder or not, you know. Um. So for me. You know, I mean, we do read all the comments and we do read uh, that kind of thing. However, me personally, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me like good or bad. I just take it as stuff. Like if there's something in there that's intelligent that I think I should need to listen to both good and bad, then, you know, then I will. However, you know, I think if you, um, if you listen to the good stuff, then you have to listen to the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take the good stuff to heart, you have to take the bad stuff to heart. And that's just not who I am. So, like I said, if I read through and someone's like, you know, your vocals could be a little more ABC, then I'm like, hmm, do I think that's true? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe I'll look at that further. If no, then, okay, then I'm just not going to do that. You know, so I think it's just sorting through and seeing what really kind of resonates with you and and what you what you want to take out of it i think for me and i'm the same way with gwen like we both we read everything but like you know if if there's something intelligent that like we think can make us better then we'll we'll take it and if not then oh well like the bad comments never really hurt our feelings but we didn't start this band to get attention you know i think Mm -hmm. that if you start something and that's one of your goals then all that you know exposure is going to impact you have a bit much bigger impact on you. But when you, you don't start with that intention and our intention is still not to, you know, have people notice us. And I've never been in a band to be noticed um, that it's, you know, it's nice. Those things are happening because it feels like it's, you know, we're, we're growing, but it definitely doesn't shape anything that we do. And we don't walk, walk around thinking about that, you know, kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. That makes I, sense. And I, I actually love that humble approach. And that's something even I, I can even take, you know, I learned more. I learned so much more about myself as much I learned from my guests. So I really appreciate you guys sharing that. You know, now this this album, like holy shit, uh, from Trickle and Revenge to the title track to Stars, which is that may be my favorite track. I can't decide between Ooh. Stars or or wow. Sacrifice, uh, all the way to Perfect Wound. Uh, you guys sure have a knack for creatively like blending in the realm of, of like the atmospheric doom and the post metal elements. Like I mentioned, I I think uh, you know. No one is doing it the way you guys are doing it, which makes you stand out from that crowd. And everyone involved on this album, like the instrumentals were phenomenal. Uh, Gwen, your vocals. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I mean, this clocks in at about 46 minutes. I mean, get ready. It's a it's a 46 minute trip filled with ethereal and haunting and nurturing feelings. Even, you know, it was heavy and emotional. And that's what I was trying to say. I even got a release from this album. And oh, I know that you guys both draw or as a whole as frail 
you guys draw inspiration from bands like, you know, Sleep, Portishead, Bjork, uh, Black Sabbath. I mean, walk me through this. How much did things change from when you guys first started composing on Skin and Sorrow to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing yeah. change? Majority <laughs> yeah. of specifics down in mind. It's it's always evolving. We need the wings. I, I think we need the wings for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think like um, when we first started the album, you know, it was like Treacle and Revenge, all the things I was, you know, those songs were written in the beginning. And then as um, COVID kind of progressed, you know, I personally had um, a couple of losses that hit me pretty hard. And uh, that's where the more mourning, you know, aspect comes into this, into this record, like skin yeah. and sorrow is just, I was, you know, after actually it was during, um, you know, someone close to me was passing and I was trying to help them, you know, I just felt so empty and so hollow. I felt like all that was left of me was just skin and sorrow. Um, and so that's where a lot of the, music and a lot of the lyrics um came from and that's where you know the title of of the album is because it is a really kind of sad album you know there's there's some things that are you know there's hope um in there there's about hiding your hiding your feelings when you are feeling like that so that you can get through your day bright eyes um but you know a two of these songs on this album i don't know if you'll ever hear live because it's just so difficult like perfect wound no sir <laughs> you know i will i will never be able to sing that live that's skin and sorrow such a good song though I yeah mean. it's that hits like that song still hits hard to me and like skin and sorrow it it breaks my heart and i really wanted like when we were um filming the video like i was like it needs to be completely desolate and i need to like it needs to convey a feeling of loneliness and desolation because that's, you know, as an artist, it's your goal to, you know, to be able to portray your feelings mm -hmm. and hopefully help somebody get through, work through their feelings, you know, when they, when they're having that same kind of thing. So my goal with the video and the song was to break someone's heart so that you can, because my heart was broken. And I, I want to be able to portray that and to have someone be able to listen to this and know that they're not alone and know that, you know, that they can listen to this and maybe it helps them work through it. You know, maybe it helps them get everything out so that they can, you know, on the other side, walk with their head a little bit higher and, you know, with those emotions kind of dealt with a little bit and they can revisit it another day when they feel the need um thank you for sharing that gwen uh there's so much on my mind that i'm, that I'm like talking like thinking about right now because you know how you, when you watch a movie right you're sitting there and you're watching the credits roll you kind of just what did i just watch like and it's a good movie i mean you know um that's what i got with after a perfect wound started i just sat there just you know and i i would listen to this album maybe two or three in the morning you know, and this is I'm a night owl if it wasn't obvious, but you know, when I got sent the album and what's amazing to me is your everything that you're telling me, the experiences that you've taken in, right? You as well, Sean. And 
you're translating this into such a productive outlet, like an album release, like Skin and Sorrow. You're translating into these lyrics. Maybe you can't perform it live, but you have it documented to where I did this. I translated all my feelings into something that's productive. In other words, uh, therapy. I feel like that's been like a, a commonality within the theme of our interview here. It was therapeutic for both of you to have this album out there. So I know you'll get that sense of fulfillment. Like I'm smiling right now because I used to own a record label with my brothers. I started like 10 years ago when an album drops, you have it in your hand. It's like, you know, you get emotional to the points like uh, all my blood, sweat and tears are, are in this and I can share it with everyone around the world. And um, sorry, if you guys want to add something, I'm going on this, <laughs> no, <it's laughs> this you know, because because I really felt that. And the sound itself, I want to mention the sound was a big part of this record that I really loved. I mean, I'm an audiophile, guys. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound the way I want it to sound. I know you guys both wrote and recorded everything from the third floor of your Cleveland home. You know, yeah. talk about this for a minute here. I'm sure there was, there was that sense of comfortability for both of you knowing that you had complete control over how, how you wanted this record to sound, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'm a big music, audio and, you know, camera nerd and I own probably just as much camera equipment as I do audio equipment much to Gwen's awesome. <laughs> dismay because <laughs> our house is just full of stuff. Um, so yeah, we, you know, it's a luxury for us to have that studio because we can track whatever we want, but also the mixing and the mastering, like the only deadline we have is given to us by our label or, you know, PR mm -hmm. to start a press cycle or whatever. So, you know, we really take our time and, and, you know, spend a year recording it and then we'll spend months mixing and mastering it and just making sure that we're comfortable with it. And, you know, I want, I'm just really into tones and guitar tones or vocal tones and how the vocals sit on top. How bright do we make the record? But I don't want to make it too bright because other records I like are a little darker, but I still want it to pop through the speed. You know, all this stuff, we have the luxury of doing that and ourselves and not relying on anyone else to do that um, because we, you know, have spent the time and the money on getting things that the, the right tools and components that allow us to, you know, compete with. I, I think compete with like other big records out there. And so we spend a lot of time, like just, you know, mastering like a being between every record that I respect or like, or maybe records. I'm like, Oh, this, this snare is jumping out at me. So how does my snare stack up to their snare? And like, you know, that kind of stuff. So I spent a lot of time, you know, doing that. And I, I think that the production is kind of like the fifth member in frail, you know, uh, because it, it is, I want it to, you know, sound like us, but still come across in a, in a manner that is appealing to like multiple genres, I guess, of music. And uh, the crunching sound of the guitars, man, you nailed it right on the dot, bro. Um, nice. Well, well done on that. And it really, I, I mean, I heard everybody, you know, on this album, that, that was, that was a really cool part when you're actually able to hear every instrument and chemistry between the members and, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we're talking about, I wanted to get into this because I know we briefly touched on it uh Gwen you know the lyricism throughout this album and both of you I want to if both of you can actually share about this I know the bulk of it deals with the what is it the opportunity to connect with the deepest and most enigmatic parts of our subconscious you know uh the collective therein and where all beings are just trying to get through I feel like it really resonates at a time like today I mean there was anger and sadness in this you know uh, uh, again it felt like a release. I begin to think of the tangibles of a theme or a message to your music. You know, how important are themes to you? 
I mean, is that a gimmick component of songwriting for a band like Frail? I know you're you had your experiences and you translated into this, but is there a, is it centered around something that's very unique that you're trying to convey? I don't think that that's a conscious thing that we do. However, I've I, I've said before, like I, I think that when I go back and I listen to the songs um, and the record as a whole, I that's when I kind of see, oh, okay, here's the theme for this record. And I, I don't think it's a conscious thing, but obviously our subconscious is are working over time in the background. And I think, you know, it's obvious when you go back and, and you look at everything um, uh, in hindsight. Uh, but, you know, I think too, when, you know, you're writing this stuff within a certain time frame, and this is, you know, in this time frame, your life is all about A, B, or C. Hmm. Oops. Oh, uh, did, we, did we lose you there? Yeah. No, no, you're, you're good. My phone tried to shut off. Um, so it's all about A, B, or C. So I don't think it, again, it's not a conscious thing, but I do think that um, it's just impossible to not have a theme if you're writing about personal experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes musically, like before this record, I know, I was like, I want a lot of the verses to sound like they were loops, but they're not loops. So I'm going to play the guitar in the verse as if it was a loop of something. And so that was, you know, there's like the Ebo and um, all the things I was. Um, Stars, there's a bass thing that sounds like a loop, but it's really me playing to sound like a loop. So um, there were some general ideas up front, but then I learned pretty quickly that I have to get out of my own way. Because if you set up a framework like that, sometimes you, you end up, things end up sounding forced. And so I, I'm learning that like my head needs to get the heck out of the way of my, what feels right, you know? Um, yeah. And so now we just kind of stop trying to <laughs> do that. I mean, I like stop how trying the, to put a fence around. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, stuff. And, and so I, I you know, I, I learned that like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to just kind of like let things happen. And, and, you know, that, that comes from life experiences. It comes from reactions to stuff we put out. Um, Cause we're already working on, you know, the next record, we're, you know, probably a couple months in on that. And, and I, that's pretty theme free. I think what we're, what we're doing. Thus yeah. far. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think it's also unique that you guys are talking about this. It, I feel like both of you have also pushed each other to become better musicians. Now, you know, you're, you're a oh, better yeah, musician today yeah. because of each other and the way you guys work together. I mentioned chemistry. I mean, look at this. This is, this is amazing to see. I love it when I see something like this. I come from a family of musicians, so it's, I can relate to that um uh did you want to add something really quick because yeah so we we when we talk about things outside of the band we, we do push each other to be better but then when it's come time to be in the studio we get out of each other's way like i'm not in there when she's recording and she's not in there when i'm yeah. recording although i think i'm up there more so there's more when she she'll come up and destroy my dream my riff dreams she'll be like <laughs> that's not heavy enough that's not spooky enough and then i get real sad so <laughs> but for the most part we get out of each other's way and we just come together when we're actually arranging or you know uh, putting stuff together so we we let each other spin around for a little bit and then we know how to work with each other i guess now it took a while <laughs> didn't work like that at first but. yeah i also want to ask this there the subject matter um do you also talk i feel like the salem witch trials do they also they're a prominent subject in this album too if i'm not mistaken is that right well that was more 1692 more so 1692, okay, okay. but religion always has kind of an undercurrent in my in my lyrics and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it just keeps popping up. And, yeah. and Gwen, I know you mentioned that you're, uh, I, I, this is really cool because, you know, your deepest teacher and your greatest empowerment is learning from difficult 
situations and moving on. I mean, and for someone like me, I'm still still figuring things out along the way. You know, I'm no stranger to something like that. And this record really did grab me in a way no other album has this year. There's so many, so many new albums this year. And your album kind of just creeped up on me and just it's grabbing me by the throat. And it's just like, you know, and it's just entrancing. And, and I love it when albums do that, when when it, when it keeps you at that certain mental standpoint, you know. Um, again, the example of movies, when I watch a movie, like I, I feel that way sometimes and I got it with this and, Thanks. you know, no, thank you guys. Like for everything that you've done, you know, this has been quite the conversation. I want to thank you both for just sharing so much about who you guys are and what frail is all about, you know, plenty of experiences and perspectives in both of your timelines that you've taken in, which we have discussed about, even though it's been five years, you built this strong foundation within the music you create and you met and and work with with a good amount of other talented people you know and having this growing fan base over a particular time span and while manifesting these amazing records uh, that will i i feel like it will only go up from here the touring life and in the, your love for this music i'm excited to see where you guys go from here you know even those two albums in i mean this is definitely something you both have a passion for and the truth is, is from what I'm seeing, you know, Sean, you've been at this for what, 20 years, you mentioned. Both of you have experienced plenty in, in your career and then some. Have your aspirations, and I want to hear both of your take on this, have they, as a front woman, as a guitarist, as a producer, or hell, as just human beings, right? Have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in this industry? Do you both see things differently today? I, I think... You know, again, when we started, I, we really had no aspirations. We really had no um, idea of what we wanted to do with it. So, you know, that has definitely changed. You know, now we have kind of a direction and a and an idea of what we want to do. So, yeah, for sure. Like we just we just wanted to do a project together, and we wanted to we put it on Bandcamp in hopes that we would sell two EPs a month to pay for Bandcamp. You know, and so that was our that was our big goal back then. So now that's obviously changed, changed a bit. Yeah. And I think that she's in the, you know, she's usually the more sensible one. But now with Frail, she's the one that's like, no, fuck it. We're, we're going for it because, hell yeah, you know, recently we started working with uh, the Oracle Management, which is Des and Anastasia. And Des is, was the singer of Cole Chamber and Devil Driver. And oh, so great guys. That's, uh, great people. Yeah, Just, we amazing. need people. those people like that. Those are the, those are important people. So that's yeah, great. they they you know to we working with them has been great like you can tell that they really believe in us and it's it's incredible to have a team like that and so you know with these more these opportunities that are opening up for us and it sounds like there's going to be more in the future i'm the one now that's like oh god like can we pull this off and she's like fuck that we're we just doing have it to. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's a big change because usually like in other aspects of life she's like what are you doing stop it think about <laughs> what you're doing and i'm usually like oh like no we'll just go for it but with with the band and how it's growing and progressing now, I'm more like, oh God, can let's you know how, how do, is this the right thing? And she's like, fuck it, just say yes and figure yeah. it out later. Yeah. yeah, you guys both balance each other out. That's that's really cool too. I think it's important to do that, and it's it's important to you know sometimes when you get successful along the way, you sometimes it's easy to lose track of yourself, right? It's also important to kind of just push everything aside for a moment kind of just reevaluate yourself and then go back into it with a refocused purpose. You know, uh, I've done that. And I, I feel like you guys are just, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to see where you guys are and I can't wait to, you guys need to come to Dallas. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Wait for that day. Um, 
Uh, by the way, so we're approaching the last part of our interview. Now, I mentioned that surprise, right? So we're going to get to oh, it yeah. right now. This is what you guys were waiting on, right? That's why you guys might look at me like, come on, let's go. All right. <laughs> we're going to do something called the lightning round. <laughs> so this is going to be a little unique because I have both of you here. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to ask you a question. Yet It's going to be one or the other. You have to pick. You just have to think quick on your feet. All right. Can you all both do that? Okay. <laughs> Try. <laughs> I think y'all got it. Don't worry. You guys are good. Uh, some of them are simple questions. Some of them are just downright <laughs> silly, but that's the best part. Okay. Y'all ready? <laughs> Sean's like, all right. Hey. I'm nervous. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, what's the capital of Ohio? Columbus. All right. That was a test question. Green or blue? Green. Green. <laughs> all right. Vegan or meat? Vegan. Meat. <laughs> Coffee <laughs> or tea? Coffee. Tea. Cats or dogs? Wow. Awesome. Cats. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have a cat and a dog. So, all right. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Neither. Star Wars. Neither. Whatever you're doing. Mexican food or Italian food? Oh, Mexican. Mexican. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Climb a mountain. Yeah, mountain. All right. Country or hip hop? Hip hop. Country. Man, it's been the opposite most of them. This is great, actually. <laughs> if you were to spend one day, think about this. If you were to spend one day in the world of the last movie or TV series that you watched, where would you be and would you survive? Sandman. But where? I have not seen that. I've that that gets recommended nonstop by everybody. Pretty good. Um, I'd be in that wherever Game of Thrones is, but I probably would not survive. Did you watch the new one that was the House oh, yeah. of Dragons? I haven't seen yes. that yet, so don't say anything. I'm. I think I'll watch it tonight. I think I have some free time tonight. But there's uh, dragons in it. I hear that. Um, all right. <laughs> Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. Halloween. Oh yeah. Uh, October's my birthday month, so Halloween all the way. First celebrity crush. <laughs> I don't remember Johnny Depp. Maybe. No clue. Sorry. L.A. or New York? New York. Uh, used to be New York, but maybe now L.A. because I don't know. <laughs> More space. 1692 or Skin and Sorrow? <sighs> skin and Sorrow. Skin and Sorrow. <laughs> Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? I know the future. I mean, I would rather know the future. <laughs> <laughs> She yeah, knows the making, future. That's it. We should just stop it right there. She's making it rain in Dallas. Right it is. Now, it's it's so. raining pretty heavy right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'd probably want to know the future. No, I'd move things with my mind. It'd be fun. Yeah. I, for me, I'd be scared to do that. I'd just be like, no, don't tell me. Let me just focus on this, so I don't have to worry about that. Right. All right. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world, or be able to talk to animals? Animals. Animals. I've had people who say, "Yeah, I can speak to my cats or dogs." So I, I'll speak every language in the world. So it's wow. it's unique. I would love to talk to animals, though. You know, I still, I mean, talk to my dogs. All right, last one. There's a time machine in front of both of you guys. There's a, uh, and it says the destination on that time time machine is your first concert. Where are you, and what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip, <laughs> Sean? If you want okay, to go my, first, I feel like he already knows the answer. This is probably, yeah, this is probably like in the early 90s. Uh, Cracker was the first band I ever saw. 
And all I could think about was how to get backstage and not because I wanted to meet Cracker, but I was just like the idea of being behind the scenes of this mechanism was like just so enticing to me. So I'm, I'm in the early nineties and wearing some weird outfit thinking about getting backstage to Cracker. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I'd go back. That'd be fun. Uh, Mine, unfortunately was Corey Hart. Um, And that was, I grew up in Canada. So it was like in this little town in Canada. And um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I remember getting on some dude's shoulders that I don't know. So I don't think I would want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's really unique when you, when you see like when the first concert was, and then now you're doing your own shows. It's, it's really, that's a really cool thing to think about as well. Um, uh, Sean, I was going to ask, do you have like photos from that day or do you keep like ticket stubs and stuff like that? No, I, like... <laughs> I and my my memory is so bad, and so it's just more feelings <laughs> that, I, that yeah. I think I had then. Um, but I'm still I'm still equally in love with the idea of like how shows work and like sound and backstage and the magic of everything and crowds and how it feels to hear all that. So I'm still like totally stoked on that whole vibe, the same as I was back then. Yeah. I know that's inconsistent. Uh, you know what's cool, Gwen? Like you know, you mentioned your first show what's going to be really cool down the road is someone is going to say my first show was frail and yeah. that is what I want to see. And, and That's looking crazy. at all, the, I mean, can you imagine I am, I am thousand percent sure at, you know, during that tour with cradle of Philip, a lot of people, you know, it was their first shows, you know, ever. It, 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 and, we know that I, we've met yeah. people that said, this is our, my first show ever, things like that. And see, that's that's a special thing. And that's going to stick with all the fans that have seen you guys. So they're going to say, man, I remember when you guys, when I first saw Frail and you guys are now at Hellfest, you know, and it's going to happen. I'm I'm sure it will. And that's something I, I would nothing but well wishes for me guys from for you guys from here on out. And um, this has been a great conversation. I know we clocked in almost an hour. Sorry to take up so much. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to uh, it was I was so excited to talk to you guys. I, I just want to thank you so much for just doing this with me i can't wait till we do it again you know when you guys come back here and you know i want i want people of dallas to know about you guys i can't wait this we're gonna drop this episode closely around the time when the um album drops so we're gonna line it up together so i'll let you guys know when that when that does happen but i know this album when it does drop the the orders each album comes with an accompanying 100 page art book yeah, the special um, edition does. Yeah, you can you can choose not to get the book, but yeah, the the book is pretty popular. Can I still get it? <laughs> if I if I bought it right now, will it still will it come with the art book? Well, oh, yeah, just yeah, can, just send us order yeah, or yeah. just send us a DM and we'll send yeah. you one. Yeah, because uh, I, I I love things like that, especially when it comes with music releases. I am I'll go all over it. Like I wonder, I mean, one hundred page art book. I wonder what this could actually even convey. I wonder if it's like different album arts that you guys were thinking about putting, like sketches and. Well, so what you gonna, can and, whatever you can and cannot say, you don't have to spoil it. <laughs> we're going to keep this one a secret, but for like for 1692, for example, we went to, there's a witchcraft museum in Cleveland and a third of that is almost like, uh, you know, we, we made didactics for like what the, the, the artifacts in this museum that kind of spoke to us at the time were. So we photographed those and wrote about what they were. Um, and you know, then there's lyrics and then uh, there's a really amazing cemetery by our house that we went and photographed. So that's the 1692 book. It's full of that stuff because it kind of goes along with the Salem witch trials and everything. So this new one, though, we're going to keep it a secret until that is get so it. cool. Ah, uh, man. Okay, I think I'm going to go and just buy it right now after this interview. Um, but do you guys have any like last words? Just any shout outs? Anything else you like to plug or mention as far as Frail and 
the new album before he finishes off here. Maybe a new music video coming out soon. Just something. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we the plan is right now to have a new video come out right around the time of our release. Uh, that uh, should be the spookiest and dirtiest video we've done mm. so far. Not dirty, love like, it, sexy uh, time, but like <laughs> dirty earth, lots of earth. And you guys are dropping this like right around the time, like it's it's fall, like my favorite time of the year. You know, this is perfect. Yeah. Like, we were told we're a fall band. Yeah. yeah so September 9th is post fest in Indianapolis, yeah. September 24th is our record release here in Cleveland at the Grog. Um, and then November 1st is our first show in Arnhem, Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. You're all excited? For a month. Oh yeah, Damnation <laughs> Festival. We're getting to play that with like Ministry and Converge and then uh, this Glumar Festival in Germany. We're playing that, uh, you know, Germany is like crazy for us. Like we, we do really well there and it's such a, a big country for Europe um, and the people drive crazy in the roads. Um, and we love going to Europe and we'll be in the UK for the first time. We've never done that. I think we're going to Sweden, Norway, Denmark. Um, we've never been there before. So we're excited, man. Take, take all of it in guys. Cause it, it's, it's really amazing to see. And I, and when you guys come back, don't be surprised if you guys keep going up the ladder. That's, 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 that's the best part. I mean, you guys are doing this for a purpose and, and, and I love that you guys are doing everything you're doing. Don't ever stop. And um, you know, I can't wait for this album to drop. I know it's about a month away. I wish it was like right around the corner, but the anticipation, that's a, that's a cool thing. You have things to look forward to to something like this, but you know, everyone who's listening, uh, we're going to wrap it up here, man. This is Sean Villavecchi and Gwen Strang of frail skin and sorrow drops September 20, uh, September 23rd. Do us a favor. If everyone is listening buy the record because the bands can't do it without your help. Um, I'm old fashioned guys. I still buy records that's sitting in the corner of my room. Like, you know, and cassettes they're coming out with cassettes these days again you know and it's, yeah. we have to educate the younger generation yeah this is what a cassette looks like <laughs> yeah I, I think the best way now to support a band is like you said you know if you can buy the album or buy some merch and then it makes you feel better than if you're going to go to listen to it on spotify all day long at least you kind of like did the the homework ahead of time and even if you don't like listen to vine or like you know or even have a record player we, we know people that buy records and don't have record players but they just feel it's like their duty yeah. to support a band <laughs> and it, that that allows them then to go drive around the car and listen to spotify or whatever you know so yeah th that's the best way to support an artist is, is buying you know uh, music or, or merch whether that's online or a show you are describing me exactly sean i i don't have a record player. there you go <laughs> i have vinyls, a stack of vinyls. my my brother he got he moved out to nashville he just got accepted to vanderbilt he took his he took his record player with them. I would use that record player. It's like, bro, you're not gonna you're gonna be teaching classes. Come on. <laughs> He's yeah. like, well, I'm gonna teach in classes while I'm listening to albums. You know, that's how it works. It's like, all right, fine. So I gotta buy, I gotta buy one. I never had a record player to begin with. I would just use his, but I'm the one. You're describing me exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but everyone, this is uh uh Gwen and Sean. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, guys. Uh much love, uh, nothing but the best for y'all. Let's stay in touch on the socials. Um, I would love to stay in touch and Keep you guys posted once this episode airs. Let me know if Dallas date is around the corner. I would love to help you guys book a show. Uh, everyone, this drops on September 23rd as well on Aqualam and Lay Bear. You can check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Anything else, guys? We'll go and wrap it up here. If anything else. I would just say thank, thank you. you for being so thank enthusiastic you. about music and supporting bands. And also your questions were, were great. Like We love when we have to think. Yes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I like to make people think. That's my goal. If I've done that, that that's it. Um, but again, let's stay in touch. I'll let you guys go here and uh, I'll talk to you next time. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank take so care. Much. Bye, guys. Bye.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.